starting intro. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Diva Dads, episode 14. Oh man, this is already 14. making me laugh. 14. We have the guy that started all this mess uh, later on in the show. Can't wait to talk with Mr. <laughs> Rob. Um, but let's talk about our weeks first and get on with the show. So how was, uh, actually Mike, let's start with you. How was your week, sir? My week is great. Um Working hard, but got my first housewarming gift for the new house. Uh, a friend of mine, and all of you would appreciate this. It is a Topo Chico citrus candle. Oh my god! What? That's amazing. I mean, amazing. I mean, I don't want to die, but if I die tonight, I would die happy. So. <laughs> what does it smell like? Um, says Natasha's knickknacks hand poured soy candles. It's uh, like a citrusy lemon, kind of a lemon <laughs> lime flavor. Okay. What does it smell like? Um, it says. I smell with my eyes. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? <laughs> can you can you give us a little bit of mental process of why your facial hair is the way it is? Well, um, I obviously have a cosmetologist in the family, Daniela, and she was experimenting on hair last night, and it just got too late. And um, I was going to go 5 o'clock shadow, but 5 o'clock shadow turned into um, Magnum P.I. So What? Uh, that's not Magnum. That's not Magnum. <laughs> that is Tiger King. That is 100%. <laughs> I mean, I saw I saw Daniela. Daniela saw me. Oh, she sees Tiger, Tiger King. Oh, I saw Tiger. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> Rotney. Yes, sir. Dobson, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. My parents were here this weekend. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm still cleaning up after them. (laughs) Um, Got to go to Ikea this week with Carrie and Dustin. Literally filled my car between the three of us and all the stuff that we got. It was a good, good day. Then I got to see the Cochran's new house last night. They just moved, and it's beautiful. Awesome. Got to hang out with Haley. But, yeah, can't believe it's already Thursday again. I know. Yeah. Okay, wow. Rodney, how was your week? Um, my week's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I went into my classroom a couple of days ago and tried to figure out how to make it socially distant. And uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um and Pickett got a new little thing. Uh, you can't see it. It's 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 back here behind me. Maybe you can see it. Past the booze. No, you can't see it. Um, so it's cool. Uh, so Mandy ordered it off of uh, the interwebs. And um, it's this little box. And it's got like it's his litter box goes in. The dogs can't get in because dogs are gross and they eat cat poop. It's real gross. Um, so the dog, he can get in, but the dogs can't. So it's awesome. 
but then we've noticed today, I put it together today, and we noticed the doors, they have doors on it so that you can get to the litter box and clean it, whatever. And uh, But he will go in there and just come out the door. Like, he just pushes the doors open. So it kind of defeats the purpose of the whole thing. So I'm going to have to, like, I don't know, work a, work a latch or something. But it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but, yeah. How about you, Dana? How was your week? Uh, my week wasn't too bad. I was able to get some... Uh, stuff done in my office here at the house um you'll notice you can actually see the stars so it's not the flag of chile or whatever someone had said it was um it is a texas flag um and yeah it it's been good busy at work but that's good and i had all the production pieces done for the show tonight by the like i didn't have to spend two hours after work just crunching trying to get it done so Nobody cares. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another thing is that yesterday, um, Catherine Thomas came over to my house to drop off uh, a, a little hand cart that I had uh, taken over there whenever she was moving from one apartment to another apartment to another apartment because of her flooding or whatever. And she like, stayed for dinner. It was a, it was a very oh. enjoyable. It was awesome. So nice. Cool. Thanks for coming to visit, Catherine. Yay. Awesome. All right, Mike. Let us know what's going on at the theater. All righty. Well, <clears throat> quick update. Not too too much different, other than the fact of the final count of the I Believe in TTC um, benefit concert and telethon. Um, we are actually near about fifty-seven thousand, which was about uh, I think four to five thousand more than what we kind of estimated last week. So it's just amazing. People kept donating. I had a couple other people actually. Um, we had one uh, one family who actually said they were going to donate a certain amount and actually sent more. It was just an amazing thing. And so, um, again, I mean, we can't express our gratitude. Thank you. Um, definitely will help TTC um, continue and, and to keep producing that music when the time's right. So, I am going to start um, releasing or posting small clips from the show. Um, so people that maybe didn't feel like sitting through the whole three hours can can watch some special performances. We also went back to the theater last night to film Skylar Sisters. So you could actually see all their dancing. Um, so we did that last night. The guys got all dressed up again, and it's going to be pretty great. Awesome. Yeah. All right, what's going on with the teens? Okay, so the teens have another video this week. We'll probably put it out uh, tomorrow. Um, the teens this time are talking about how they're, you know, what their quarantines like. So, um, for all the teens, um, I did, it was pretty cool because, um, we get the, I mentioned last week how we had some technical difficulties and this week I was able to kind of put my teacher hat back on and do a tutorial for, um, for the, for the video editors out there and, uh, you know, kind of help them with the, you know, some of the stuff that they were doing. So I like, that, that was kind of cool. Got to help them out with a little bit of that. So, uh, Oh, and, uh, speaking of teens and my particular teen, my teen got braces this week and, uh, she's, she's always smiling, smiling, super big. So I think she liked, <laughs> I think she likes that she has braces cause it makes her feel old, but it's also, uh, they're, they're like just tearing up her mouth. If any of y'all have had braces before, you know what it's like when you first get them, it's just like the inside of your mouth feels like it's gone through a meat grinder. So uh, we're trying to tell her to be tough, but, you know, it is what it is. Hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Um, 
Well, Mike, I'm going to take this next one away from you. So Roger Pine's on vacation right now. So I brought in some substitutes to do the Roger Pine breakdown this week. Um, Here they are talking about cats. Hi. Hi. Oh, yeah. I'm Benjamin. I'm Bo. I'm Benjamin. And this, this is BBB. The Bo Benjamin breakdown. Yay! Yeah. All right. Um. So, we're re- I reckon we're going to be reviewing this gonna... show. Ready. It's called. It's called Cats. It's called Cats. Cover it. Cover cover Murphy's ears. Cats. Cats. Um. I don't know much about the show. Really. No. Um. Okay. But based on the name, I rec I reckon there's cats. In it's it. it's a bunch of cats. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh-huh. <clears throat> reckon they will they'll be else? singing. They're, cats. They'll be singing cats. Okay. Yeah. Um. What kind of cats? That's what we're thinking. Maybe a tabby. Maybe a tabby. Maybe some kitty catties. Some kitty catties. Yeah. No, a tabby real. kitty catty. Tabby kitty catty. A tabby kitty catty. Excellent. <laughs> God, that's it. That's the best one. All right, so there's these so, tabby kitty, tabby kitty catties. And there's something with a UFO, I reckon. An unidentified flying object that um, hits them up to the moon. Takes them to the moon. And is that, is that finale? Like, that's... Closing off to the moon. Oh, yeah, and the rest of the show before it, I reckon, is like singing. Singing. Very good. Um, 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 cats. Such a good show for you to go see. If there were one show in Broadway that I would describe as one of a kind, it'd be cats. It would it'd it'd be, be cats. cats. You know. So I'm just, I'm just gonna redirect what you were, you know, getting right, you, no, get you on the. Go for it. So it's it's the Tabby Kitty Catties. I mean, obviously, I it's the Tabby Kitty Catties. Um, and they're like having this ball. They're having a bit of a ball. No. Yeah. And cats this, don't have balls. What they're cats? I, yeah. They're neutered. Yeah. <laughs> but they're having balls and just. Trying to be a father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So the Tabby Kitty Cat is having a ball, and they're trying to show this really old cat named Old Deuteronomy. 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 That was it, yeah. That one. So, that one. And they're trying to impress him or her, and trying to show the old cat that they want to go to, like, Heaven cats or something like that, and then at the end of the show, like they go and they go, like they go to the moon or something. No. And like a. I was space thing. You were spot on. I was making that up, wasn't I? You were spot on. You were spot on. And there's that really one that the. Membrane. Membrane. Alone in the Thank you so much. We love you. Mm. Hope you're staying safe. Oh. Okay. Cats. <laughs> I... That was interesting. I, I believe that having Roger or them is pretty equal. Um, I, I believe the children are our future. 
teach they them well, let them lead the way. Right. Like oh, they may man. have gotten some of the names wrong, but I mean, they got the gist of it. There's, right. a cat, there's cats, there's a ball, there's a UFO. Like is all the, of this is true. I thought the name of that tune was Memories. Well, yeah. Not mem- Membrane? Well, yes, it's not Membrane. Look who you're talking to. Oh. <laughs> With the kitty ears uh, yeah, and I everything. Impressed. I was impressed. Uh, we've done Cats at the Theater, which people don't always believe, but we did. And it was really, really good. That was actually, I think, one of the last shows that Randy did. We didn't have a lot of adult men, so we basically bullied him into being um, Gus the Theater Cat. And it was amazing. Um, you think we should do it again? Cats? Yeah, y'all ready for spandex? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> when we got our costumes we basically were all saran wrapped like you basically covered yourself in saran wrap and then you put your costume on and our costumer Dawn would spray us all like she had airbrush and so you would they, she would spray it while it was on you so you're basically wrapped in saran wrap like a scarecrow and then she would hand paint your costumes and then you'd have to stand in front of a fan while it dried for oh, every show no, 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 no! To, to to like color your costume. Hey, we! I was like, wow, every show. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. And but just still a lot of cats. Land wrap sounds like awful. Like no, that was that was awful. And then once you did the makeup, like setting spray wasn't like a big thing back then, so you would just use hairspray. Like you would just take hairspray and like just cover your face in it and just sit in front of the fan until it dried. No. <laughs> yeah, the, I, yeah, I don't, that doesn't sound like fun. Mm-mm. Mike looks excited. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're moving into our guest, Rob Greta. No, Rob, no, what? you skipped me once. You can't oh. skip me again. Oh, that's a that's totally Steve a burn. Totally a burn. Okay, I so have I have I have things stipulations in my contract. <laughs> oh god. And one of them is there's a weekly cocktail. So continue. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian. This is what happens when we invite super important people. I just get the shot. All right, hold on. Talk him like on. <laughs> I thought he was ready, so I've already queued the production piece. Now this is just not. Do it. Just go for it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he's so slow and he's not prepared. That's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> A lot like when he prepares for his lines. Okay, I'm back. It's time for another cocktail. Are you ready? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Yes. Okay. We can hear you. All right, today we're going to make the boy wonder. You know, I have I have these 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 kids that I take along with me on my crime fighting sprees. I just always like little boys to hang out with me at Spandex. So, that's what I do. So, the first thing we're going to start with is this no yeah, you no. know what it is no cat no it's, it's orange juice okay <laughs> all right so you're gonna need three ounces of orange juice i had you go in there for a minute. i've seen the show it's pretty good that that rodney guy knows how to make the cocktail <laughs> all right so you got your three ounces of orange juice and you're going to add to that two ounces Excuse me. You're going to add two ounces of your ranch water. Now, the original um, 
the original recipe of this called for sparkling wine or champagne. And I had to go into specs without the boy wonder because he's not allowed. And um, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I brought ranch water. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Okay. All right. So you got you got your uh, orange juice and your ranch water. Now you need your vodka. Okay. Uh, this is You need a silver vodka for this. And this one is Jose Cuervo. He's, he's a friend of mine. I like to drink you with a little orange juice and ranch water. Okay. All right. Um, are you, you vodka? No, tequila. <laughs> okay. Tequila. Batman, already lit. <laughs> Damn it, Dana. How many of those have you had tonight, Batman? None <laughs> of your business. <laughs> so stir it with your cocktail stir. Looks pretty tasty, right? But that's not it. Because, no, not those. All right, you're going to need some grenadine. All right, and this is where the skill comes in. So two of you there on the diagonal, y'all can just, like, wait to ask your bartender. Adrian, I'm sure you could do this. All right. <laughs> All right, so you're just going to put a little bit on the back of your spoon so it goes to the bottom of the drink. And there you've got the boy wonder. See, it's like the color of his tights. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. It's too sweet. All right. Go on with the show. Introduce Rob Greta for the love. I love me some silver vodka. Whew. <laughs> oh my God. I got a gold vodka. Yeah, I was a little confused oh, there, Rod. Rodney, where'd you go? Who? What happened? Who's? What are you talking about, vodka? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, somebody left this fruity drink for me. Oh, nice. All right. <clears throat> All right. What are y'all waiting on? For the love. We've got an important guest waiting in the waiting room. So this important guest was a guest director three years in a row at the theater company. He started with Hello, Dolly. He came back for Three Penny Opera. And then most recently, last summer, he directed Sunday in the Park with George. Followed oh, did you see that one, Dana? <laughs> You did it. Huh. All right. Good to see you. Steve, you'll have to explain that to Rob. Um, here he comes. Because then he followed up by directing Mamma Mia, which included you, Goofballs. Hi, Rob. <laughs> Hello, Rob. Hi there. How Hello, are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. So where are you right now? I am in Indiana, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour and 20 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. What is the <laughs> weather like there right now? Uh, right now, it is balmy. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can hear my fan. I'm so cheap, I won't turn the air conditioner on. <laughs> well, that's, that's not a thing here. You remember Texas summers? I sure do. It's not that bad, no. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty hot here right now. Pretty unbearable. Pretty unbearable. So what have you been doing in quarantine? Well, let's see. Uh, I went to go visit my family. Yay. Uh, my dad was sick for a little bit, so I had to go home to take care of him. And then uh, between virtual open houses, meeting new students, faculty meetings, okay. yes, throughout the summer, 
and then figuring out what we're going to do for the fall. Uh, at the beginning of this, the president said, um, well, we have three options, face-to-face, -face, online, or a hybrid version of your class. But they never said which one we're doing. <laughs> so all summer, you're developing three different versions of your syllabus, figuring, trying to figure that out. So they just said that freshmen can be on campus because they have to live in the dorm. They pay all the activity fees, plus <laughs> their tuition, et cetera, et cetera. So the upperclassmen are now not happy yeah. on, on social media. <laughs> but other than that, I've been setting up my uh, teaching in my house. So this spare bedroom now is becoming uh, Classroom. My, yeah. <laughs> do you have a dog yet? I do not, but <laughs> I'm living vicariously through my friend Sean, who I think is watching. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. Um, he and his boyfriend are looking to get a dog, and I can't wait to be Uncle Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs so much. I just can't have them here in this uh, apartment complex. So. Ooh. I know. That's lame. But I don't want to move. That's. Yeah, moving moving sucks. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Too many people have been moving this summer. Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Having to create your classes and basically be prepared to teach them in three different ways. I think everyone wishes that they knew what the answer was. I mean, same thing with performing. There's yep. no like, right answer as to how to do this. Everyone's trying different things and experimenting. Stage Center opened their show, The 39 Steps, last weekend. And it's, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and they have this whole like plexiglass thing in front of the stage. So completely separating the actors from the from the audience. The audience is socially distanced and wearing masks. And I know they've embraced the whole thing within the show itself. So Jennifer Hargis directed it and I'm sure it's brilliant. But yeah, they're doing their thing. Um, Troop is, is having small audiences for various things, but no one wow. has like the magic key to make it all work. No, we're supposed to do much ado about nothing. In fact, I was cast in it, uh, but Equity said, um, if they're not following the rules, you can't do it. So, yeah. and it's not the theater department, it's the university unfortunately. Well, I know Equity's fighting with Disney right now, too, because Disney's ready to relaunch all their shows, but they cannot yep. agree to safety, you know, precautions. That's with right. Equity. So they just said, fine, you don't get to use any of your actors. Sorry. Yeah. And then you have some theaters that drop their equity just so they could yeah. do their shows. I think it's uh, Beef and Boards, is that what it is? Dinner Theater. Hmm. I think oh. it's out in Minnesota or Missouri, somewhere out there. But uh, yeah, they dropped their status so they could perform. Ooh, <laughs> man. But no, but no safety precautions are being instilled, you know? It's like. Mostly. There are some theaters that I'm seeing online that are basically like, at your own risk, we're just going to keep going yeah. if you want to. Yeah, I think we're going to do. Um, they changed the concept to a radio show. So no no audience members, but they're gonna live stream it. 
based on them doing a radio play of Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, that's that sounds awesome. Yeah, so at least they're trying to still give the students an opportunity to perform and the opportunity for students to see a live performance because not all of them can or can afford it. So I think that's my that's my favorite Shakespeare is Much Ado. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah I was I was supposed to be Dogberry, which would have been a lot of fun. Oh. I've been wanting to do that one for a while. But. Yeah. Well, Rodney, you want to get us started? Yeah. So, um, Rob, we told you that we put all our questions, we put it out that who's going to be a guest uh, each week. And uh, we got lots of response uh, whenever you were announced. So, uh, Zach Bratton was the first one to respond. And he wants to know, what was your favorite show that you directed at TTC? And why was it Mamma Mia? <laughs> Well, actually, you know, and not to sound like this was, you know, planned, but I really enjoyed every show that I did. But the one that I loved the most, besides maybe in addition to Mamma Mia, uh, was Three Penny. I, I thought we did some creative um, problem solving, which then at first was, you know, kind of shocking and sort of like, what are we doing? We're using flashlights? What? Um, but I, I hope, and even after I left, I hope everyone had still embraced the idea. I, I just, every show that I've done, you know, the camaraderie has been so great that I love creative ensembles and I like creative problem solving. And so, I don't know, but I'd like to do this one again so I can use that effect with the flashlights. Do you remember, so we got a, a random Yelp review that we, you know, we don't look too much at Yelp, but we got a random Yelp review after Three Penny from no. someone who, did I not tell you about this? It no. was hysterical, but they were very confused by everything in general. But her main concern was that us using the flashlight signified to her that we couldn't afford stage lights. <laughs> That was a good one. I'll have to find it and send it to you oh, because it made do. a lot. It was really, really funny. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, so, next so, one is mine. Okay. Right? Oh, no. No, Mike, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, Rob, so um, when Adrian posted earlier and said, hey, you know, Google Rob and credits, I actually, I did. I Googled you and I saw a long list of performances and I saw, and I don't know if you were in it, directed it, but at another theater, at some point, you were involved in Three Penny Opera before years ago or i was yeah in grad school i was uh tiger brown oh okay okay and then i directed it um uh, 2008 i think here and then with you guys gotcha gotcha how different was your 2008 production versus what we did at the theater company well we did it in the round Ooh. and the concept of the show is that um the ensemble members, I wanted to celebrate them a little bit more than just furniture movers. <laughs> and so we did a pre-show for about 20, 25 minutes where we did actual uh, German cabaret. Oh my gosh. So we did skits from the time period, songs. Um, uh, this one student knew French, so he sang the taxi song in French. Uh, as a transvestite. I mean, it was just like we were in the Kit Kat Club when people came into the space. 
And then all of a sudden, when the overture started, all of the tables went away, all of the actors went away, and then we started. It was, mm. that was so much fun to work on. I love working in different configurations too. I think it adds something, especially Three Penny. It, it added sort of that Berliner ensemble where this German company is going to England to do this production of. And so it was, it, it was kind of fun. Well, so Cody, who was your set designer for Three Penny yeah. Opera, yeah. he wants to know what's the number one role you would love to play, but will never be able to due to age, race, gender, etc. <laughs> Interesting question. Well, very Cody I, question. <laughs> that because of my age, I won't be able to play. Yeah, or race, gender. Yeah, uh, it would be Che Guevara in. Oh. Evita. <laughs> I understudied him many times, <laughs> uh, and I never got to go on. Oh. But um, I did get to sing with the uh, orchestra when the other Che was sick. Oh, so I at least got the performance of singing. It was a symphonia. It was um, Allentown Symphonia in Allentown, Pennsylvania. That was one of the roles that Randy was up for in the 70s in New York. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Oh, I love that show so much. That was my okay. first national tour, was Evita. So what did you play in it? I was um, mostly a dancer in an ensemble, and then uh, they asked me if I wanted to play, or no, not play, understudy Magaldi. And I said, sure, I'll learn it, but I'm having more fun as a dancer. Yeah. I was a soldier, a general, a townsperson. A, I mean, it was just so much more fun to be in the ensemble for that show. And Magaldi gets to come, he's got the one great song, but he, he does. King George. He pops in, sings a little, and then disappears for. <laughs> That's right. And I did, get, I did get to perform him once at uh, Surflight Theater one summer. Oh, good. And so I at least got to play him, which was fun. Yeah. And you're right, he comes in, he. And bye, see ya. He comes in maybe two minutes at the end. Yep. During, her, during her death. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. He's got some zingers though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rodney. <laughs> My next? Oh yeah, uh, Cody also wants to know yeah. what musical or play, sorry I'm muddling here. Um, what musical or play is everyone sleeping on that you wish everyone knew about? Wait, one more time? What musical or play is everyone sleeping on that you wish everyone knew about? Huh. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have to say, um, if no one knows Bat Boy, you should. It's very funny, very kitschy. You, you don't know what you just did, Rob. Did you say did Bat Boy? Huh? Oh no. Yes. That's Where, awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued. Tell me what more. Ask, Rod. I thought that you were It's way hold on. I can reach it. Too far away. Rob tell, tell us about Bat tell them dads about Bat Boy. <laughs> well, it's based on um you remember the uh, Worldwide News magazine? They would say aliens found on Third Street, you know, be careful. Um, apparently, back in the uh, 80s, there was an article. <laughs> oh, God. There was an article on um, 
having this boy that was living in a cave uh, raised by bats. And the musical is about the experimentation that uh, you figure out how it unfolds, who he's related to, et cetera, et cetera. It's so it's really not good. the Rodney. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I love bats and boys. Oh my God. Rodney, stop. Oh, sorry. <laughs> to go along with that drink you made. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. It's uh, the same writers who wrote uh, Legally Blonde. Actually. Oh, it's really fun music. It's oh my god. Yeah. Did you guys? You guys haven't done it, have you? Have not. Have oh, but not. it's it's coming. <laughs> if I have anything to say about it, it should. It's a good show. It, I mean, you have to clean it up just a little bit, but I think it could work. <laughs> It'll be that early summer show, you know. Can we do it via Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are streaming rights available? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Did you read that? Um, yeah, there, there are new, uh, what is that company that took over Concord? Yeah. They have new, uh, licenses now that you can do online. Yes. Either live streaming or you film it and then you can show it, you know, like the national theater and other theaters at oh, Hamilton is another example. So. <laughs> yeah. They Concord owns Tuck. And so that's, we might be switching that back in our season. We were trying to do it should have been you first because there's less people. It's yeah. a little bit safer and easier to kind of keep people safe. Um, but now that Concord's gotten a lot more flexible with streaming, we might be switching back to talk. But then the hard part is, okay, we can stream it. And so we have an audience that's safe, but the cast is like 35 people. So how do you keep that cast safe? Right. So it's 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 hard. It's like it solves one problem, but then you still have the problem of like keeping your actors safe when everyone's singing at each other, because you can't just keep everyone in a bubble. Oh, I mean, if we were the NBA, we could, but we can't, you know, take everyone away from their homes and families and put them in a bubble for two weeks while we're running the show. So yeah, it's very difficult. You know, there's just no right answer. There's no right answer. All right, awesome. Dina. Yeah. Uh, Shiloh Barty. She wants to know how you got involved with TTC and what is your favorite memory from TTC? I love telling this story because at the time, which is what I normally do uh, in the fall, I'll send out several applications um, if I see theaters are looking for directors for the summer, etc. And now some of them are already hired, but they do the um, standard, we're going to send this out. And uh, when I did it for Hello, Dolly, uh, your theater popped up and, and you were looking for directors for that and... Passion Assassins. Yeah, Passion Assassins. And I was like, well, I love all of them, but I wanted to do Hello, Dolly because um, I, hadn't, I was in it twice, but I never directed it. So I wanted to uh, put a shot in there. And so I applied and then Several months went by. I had, I didn't hear anything, so I thought, oh, Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. And because of everything that was happening, I didn't know this was happening. Yeah, right? it was a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, a little crazy. Um, but then all of a sudden, I got an email, and, and you said, are, 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 am I still interested? And I was like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> and that's how it started. Yeah. That's awesome. And the second part of that was... What, was your, what is your favorite memory of TCC? 
God, there's so many. Um, I think, you know, it was outside of the theater, mostly. Uh, watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette actually what? still makes me giggle uh, with glee. <laughs> Taylor you... convinced us last summer, I've never watched an episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, but she convinced us last summer that we were going to have to watch this as a group, and we did. And there, are, there were almost a few breaking points where I was like, I, I don't think I can take this anymore. <laughs> uh, but we did it. We made it through to the end. Yes. We made it through. But that was, that was oh man, there were so many dumb people. <laughs> <laughs> just watching watching them try to articulate themselves. Yes. And, yeah. And then just all the cat fighting with all the dudes was just, it was hard. There was, a, was a, lot of, a lot of testosterone in that one. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, Great. speaking of Shiloh, because that, that was her question, Rodney, I like yelled at you two episodes ago because I was like, you said you didn't remember Shiloh and Sunday in the Park with George, but she was our stage manager. It wasn't you, it was James. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was like, it wasn't me. That couldn't have been me. <laughs> <laughs> it was James. James was like, well, I don't know, you know, Shiloh wasn't in Sunday. And I was like, yeah, she was. She helped stage manage it and she was amazing. That's right, um, she was. But the other thing, speaking of Hello Dolly, did you get to see any of the I Believe in TTC concert? I did. Um, between <laughs> my other Zoom meetings, I try to fit it in, uh, but I plan on watching it this weekend. Well, if you hadn't gotten to it yet, Adrian Rowell does do Before the Parade Passes By. Oh, yay, good, good, good. Beauty. I'm so excited. Good. <laughs> All right, Mike. All right, uh, Cynthia Bradford, she wants to know, <clears throat> what is the most difficult show you've directed in terms of bringing your vision to fruition and why? That would be last year's production of Pippin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> on several levels, it was very difficult to um, have it come to life. Um, I think I was being a little too esoteric with it, and I'd like another shot at it, but maybe five to ten years from now. <laughs> um, and, you know, on paper, it seemed like a really good concept, um, but in execution, it, it really wasn't. Oh, and the other thing, I did it in Thrust. That was the other thing that I really wanted to try. Um, I don't like that show in Thrust. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely it needs to be in proscenium yeah it the style of the show is very vaudevillian um so it has that kind of flavor to it and i think it for some reason it just didn't work and that's okay i'm willing to do it again but many years from now dad <laughs> are y'all familiar with pippin no i just wikied it because i was like uh is this the lord of the ring show i don't know <laughs> No, I saw it pop up on my Broadway HD feed, so I, I'll be watching it soon. The most recent version or the... I don't know which one it is on okay. that streaming service. The most recent version is really fun to watch. Yeah, I think conceptually that is uh, my favorite version yeah. of Pippin. But it also, having that be now that style 
is like the expectation because we've got Gary Thomas has been dying for us to do Pippin for years, but especially with that newest revival with all the circus tricks and all this aerial work, that's what people now start to expect from Pippin and like, we can't really do that. Oh, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> Bro, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Rodney, next season, opening with cats. <laughs> so I noticed, uh, you know, like I said, I just wikied it, and Bob Fosse is like uh, part of the original uh, thing. So is it got the whole like? Is it is it got very? Join us. Yep. Yeah. Very Fosse um, choreography. If you ever watched the musical Fosse, um, there's some some really amazing numbers from Pippin that are used in Fosse. That's right. It's so good. It's so good. Um, Rodney. All right. So Michelle Campbell Green, she yes. was uh, a guest on our show a few. Uh, and few birthday. What? Birthday. Today is her birthday. birthday. Oh yay! Happy birthday! Happy she was a birthday with Leslie Odom you. Jr. Oh. Um, she wants to know, uh, so that we don't have to listen to all of Dana's happy birthday song. Um, what show have you directed in the past that you would love to direct again? And then what, what would you change <laughs> with the new production? Oh, well, I think I mentioned it earlier. I'd really like to do three penny again, but I want to incorporate the German cabaret with the show um just because i feel it adds so much flavor to the to the atmosphere and then it gives an opportunity for like i said the um chorus and the ensemble to have bigger highlighted roles um and that was weird because i did it in the round which i really liked but perhaps that could be in thrust the vaudevillian aspect to it, like having those cabaret acts, that really helps almost set up context for people to understand the show. Like, I really like that because it helps people grasp like what the show is trying to do. Yeah. And, like the way the characters are already used is vaudevillian, but people don't always understand that. But by creating this framework where it's like, oh no, these are things that we're showing you, these little vignettes, like it puts the whole show in context. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I think so too. And it, it also helps with time period um, because we kept the time period uh, of the cabaret. So it was, it was pre-Nazi Germany. So uh, at intermission, I had um, a Nazi youth come through with pamphlets. Oh my God. And I had banners hung up in the grid and they dropped down and they were Nazi propaganda posters. That's brilliant. Oh my God. It was, everyone was just sort of, oh, what, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so it was a little bit of cabaret mixed with um, Three Penny, but I think it lends itself to it, like you said. Um, so the story, okay, about this Yelp review. One of the things that happened after we discovered the Yelp review with Three Penny, because we've never uh -huh. really looked at our Yelp profile. We're not a restaurant, like no one, we didn't think that people were using that for us. What we saw when we found this Yelp review for Three Penny is that the last pictures that had been uploaded for us were the producers. Oh my gosh. All over our pictures. And so once we saw it, we were like, oh my God, if you were to look at us on Yelp, 
you may not even understand the you probably don't understand the concept of the show you just see a whole bunch of people in core uniforms because that's what we use uh -huh. and so we very quickly alan bryant started just like filling our yelp page with pictures from like beauty and the beast and anything that had popped up to try to push those pictures to the back <laughs> because we were like oh my god how many people have we scared off from this place by making oh gosh anyways that's really <laughs> so thanks to that weird yelp review about our flashlights we got to remove the nazi propaganda from our yelp page that's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> okay <Wow>. mike <laughs> all righty uh so rob nicole gordon hanks um wants to know what is your advice to people when they audition and then when they direct the show um, you mean in terms of what to audition with or anything? Yeah, I mean, she didn't really coming, was coming to you for advice. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that I noticed, um, is that depending on the show, depending on the director, the company, uh, but also the audition ad, sometimes people don't read it completely and I've been to auditions where at the bottom, you know, they do all of the information that you're supposed to do. And then at the bottom, they say, please don't sing from the show. Or if it's a Sondheim show, please don't do Sondheim, do something else that's similar. And what's the other one? Um, oh, I can't think of it. It just left my head. But one of the things that's important is that the song has to connect to you on some level. Sometimes actors are so, I have to get the song that's gonna match the show. And it's like, no, you don't really have to do that. I would pick a song that would match your character type and your voice type, because the essence that you bring to the audition, at least for me, that's what I'm looking for. And do you then, at callbacks, do you then have uh, chemistry with other people on stage? So for me, I always say, uh, you know, there are so many other options than Sondheim, if you're auditioning for a Sondheim, that are very similar to Sondheim. So you just have to do some research. Um, uh, Adam Gettle is a perfect example. He writes very difficult music, but it's beautiful. I mean, Light in the Piazza is- I was just listening to it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous and, um, there are other composers out there. Mopey and Shire actually have some wonderful songs that are similar. You just have to do the research. So speaking of auditions and chemistry, yeah. there was a discussion a few episodes back with Cynthia where she took credit for Dana getting the role <laughs> Sam because she was determined that no matter what he was doing, she was gonna force chemistry between them. So what was it about the two of them worked for you as far as Sam and Donna? Well, I hope this isn't too much of a burn. Hold on, let me get the diva burn ready. That's okay. what we do here, <laughs> but, That's what we do here. But before you uh, got partnered with Cynthia, you were a little a deer in headlights. There, were, there, were, there were moments where I didn't think you were conscious. There were moments, <laughs> even with Cynthia, that 
I don't think I was conscious. <laughs> no, she actually brought you back from, from wherever you were, and I really appreciated that. There was one moment where um, she did something and you smiled. You, you, it was that simple, and I just thought, oh, okay, there is life inside them. Yeah, a little bit. I, I got to tell you, man, on, I, I was scared to death. Um, that was my first real audition ever in my life. And I, I mean, I've auditioned for The Voice. I've auditioned for bands. I've auditioned, but for theater, I didn't feel yeah. like it was a real audition. The first one I did in the quartet, we just walked up and, you know, I've told that story before. But for this, this was my first real audition. And knowing that I didn't know who you were um, made it that much more scary. You're a very scary person sometimes, Rob. I don't know if <laughs> you know I? that. <laughs> you have is this look. You, no, that's not a – that's just truth. I'm Aww. telling the T. You have this look of <laughs> – and I don't know – I don't. I didn't know you, so I didn't know what that look meant or what you were thinking, and it scared the crap out of me. So. No, it was all good. And you know what's funny? The way your auditions are now when you have dance first, that's – well, it happens in the lobby, but then I'm actually looking at you in the dance call. I'm seeing how you relate to other people. I'm seeing how quickly uh, you're picking up the choreography. Or how slowly. Um, what did you say? Or how slowly. Or how slowly. Hey, I'm here. Or, <laughs> and or those people that sort of hide in the wings. Don't want that. <clears throat> Right, so I'm looking at all of that long before you sing. And so, and this is what I tell my students too. I said, you know, the audition starts long before you even come into the room to do your solo piece. Yep. So, that's what I, think, I think you were more nervous, Dana, because when you went up with individual partners, when you were with the group. And I remember when I was auditioning, I just, I was like, oh, I got to take this on whenever I do any you work your song and you work your song and you're scoping everybody out. And I remember when Dustin uh, was on our show and he was like, he saw Tyler and he was like, oh no, you know, like that's my competition. And he was like daggers or whatever. But whenever you do the dance call first, you're having to watch everybody and kind of learn the comp, you know, the, the, the dance itself. And you're not so much worried about how much worse or better you are than than whoever else is around you you're just trying to like you know put on a good show with other people um and so i i would imagine that doing that dance call ahead of time kind of minimizes that a little bit yeah it takes the fo focus off of me 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 right it's all about us how do i fit in when even when we break it down into smaller groups yeah so yeah i think you're right um, Catherine Thomas would like to know what's a show you worked on that you thought you were going to hate, but ended up loving. Well, I hate repeating myself, but <laughs> the first time I did Three Penny, me and the, my faculty wanted to do Urine Town because it was it was just released, and it's similar to uh, it's an homage to Three Penny actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, spoofing it and farcical elements from it and <laughs> the music director at the time didn't like it because she didn't like the name 
she didn't like the title of the show. And so uh, I was like, okay, fine, let's do Three Penny. And I thought, well, I did it in grad school. No one's going to come. Oh, it's so academic. Blah, blah, blah. And, well, that changed. <laughs> <laughs> People really seemed to like it. The thing that happened was um, we used to do our musicals in February, uh, just because that lined up with the way the orchestra could, could play with um, the shows that we were doing. And unfortunately, everyone got the flu. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It was like the plague. I mean, yeah. <laughs> not making fun of the pandemic, but it seemed like everyone got sick to a point where they were getting me to go on as McKeith. Oh, my gosh. And I said, no, this can't happen. I can't. No, this is no, this is not going to happen. I mean, so I did a little um, we did a little gender bending anyway with the show. My McKeith was actually a woman. And uh, the narrator ended up going on for her. Oh, my gosh. And so it did work out. It was just. Oh, my gosh. So on the flip side, was there a show that maybe you started out loving, but then ended up hating? Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't hate it. I just, it's very low on my ladder now. Yeah. No, I hear that. We, um, when we did How to Succeed in Business with Randy years ago, he uh -huh. went into it with that being his favorite show. By the end of it, he was like, well, I can't listen to this one ever again because it was just a ruckus cast. It was wild. There were rehearsals where people just showed up wasted. Like that was the that was the show where Randy we got the speech about like you could lose a toe and I've seen it that we joke about sometimes. But yeah, we kind of ruined that show. I say we. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that there's lots of stories that came from that one. <laughs> well then conversely, you know, a show like Spelling Bee. 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, I could do until I'm dead. I could do that one over and over and over. Again. I, I yeah. love it. Uh, being in it was a lot of fun, but I really like directing it. And I, that's a show that I could just do. And Guys and Dolls, of course, that's that's the other one I, I really love. Who just, Rodney, was it you that just watched Guys and Dolls? Yeah, I watched the, uh, I watched the movie, the, the Frank Sinatra, Marlon Brando uh, movie a couple nights ago. Yeah, what'd you think? Um, you know, I, it was, it was, it was a little hard to, to get through. I think, um, <laughs> I loved, so I'm a big Frank Sinatra fan. So there, he has like, that's kind of shocking to me. He really only has like one song. That's a, like a Frank song. He has one song where he sings with his two little like dice rolling guys, but, uh, and, but that's not really a Frank song. You know, he sings one song, I guess, to, to his, his long-term fiance or whatever and i'm like oh I, mandy was still like hanging on like she had already kind of clocked out she was on her phone or whatever um but she was still there she was about to leave to go read her book as she does at night and she, uh, and i was like oh this is what i've been watching the whole show for is to watch frank sing you know this song and then of course it was before uh luck be a lady i mean that's that's yeah. great and I did the opening sequence was amazing. Like the whole like 
the dance and the all through the town and all the characters like pocketing each other and the girls coming out of the out of the theater and trying to get the guy's attention they were looking at the at the movie poster and they weren't getting it so they went into the shop and changed and came back out it was like yeah i mean that that was phenomenal but uh but then like they got into the story and i was just like uh. <laughs> come on come on get to frank frank scene so anyway Someone told a story, I think someone told the story on Dads After Dark a few weeks ago about a production of Guys and Dolls where their ensemble was like extremely small. So the whole opening of Runyon Land consisted of just like a handful of people that were constantly changing clothes and like across here and then back as someone else. I I can't remember who told that story, but I was like, that sounds sounds hysterical. (laughs) A lot of people back and forth. (laughs) Yeah, I love Runyon Land. I think that... it sets the mood again, uh, and the audience knows what time period we're in, who the characters yeah. are, and I, I just love that. Uh, the new, the latest revival of Kiss Me Kate did that. Do you remember? Oh yeah, the, yeah, the beginning of it. Oh my God, ugh. That was the one with Kelly O'Hara, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So good. So beautiful. So beautiful. All right, Mike. All right, uh, Zach Bratton wants to know, Rob. Yes. What type of lettuce? is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny. Um, I do have an answer for this, and it depends on what you're making. But I have to say, the ultimate lettuce to eat is called butter crunch. Butter crunch. It is sweet, it's flavorful, (laughs) and it is absolutely wonderful in a fake and bacon BLT. Oh, oh. I mean, I'm sure a regular BLT too. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So uh, I, uh, when you're on this favorite, Beth Aiken popped in the uh, YouTube streaming chat. Um, she's watching live right now, and she says, uh, "For us to ask you what's your favorite bar that you miss in BCS, <laughs> and if you don't say Carney's because of the time we had there, we might have words later after the show." No. Objection, <laughs> leading the witness, leading no. the witness. What's your favorite bar that you miss in BCS? Um, obviously, it's my kitchen. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have to say yes. <laughs> no, I actually really liked Carney's, but no, uh, there was one that we went to. Oh, my gosh. And Beth drank like a sailor. <laughs> that, that doesn't narrow the list. The best does. I can't remember the name of the bar. It was so much fun. I and you had a ticket. You had a card. Hmm. Remember that? Was it World of Beer? That's it. That, okay. Okay. That was it. Yeah. That was it. I enjoyed that one too. But the thing I liked about Carney's was just being able to sit back and and first of all hear each other. But also, um, just talk about life and theater and, you know, kibitz. It wasn't anything planned. We just, you know, sort of did it. Carney's is also home to the Twisted Topo, the Topo Chico's where they just, like, pour out a little bit and then pour in your vodka of choice. So good. So good. Um, Okay, David Manuel has a question. He would like to know, what led to the transition from actor to actor-director, assuming there was one? Well, actually, 
you know, this October, uh, I turned 54 and it'll be 30 years that I've been uh, an equity actor, but also a director. I didn't start directing until I was 24. And a producer, just a friend of mine said, we wanna do a Mall in the Night Visitors. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and he said, I would like you to direct it. I had never directed before ever. And uh, after the panic uh, died down, I uh, watched the movie and listen to the album. Yes, kids. <laughs> it was an album. Uh, and I thought, you know, I really like this story. It touched me on so many levels. And then to actually get to do it with opera singers and this boy soprano that if you've ever worked with boy sopranos, on opening night, they go through puberty. <laughs> It's the second boy soprano I've worked with that has done that to me. So glorious sounds, you know, C above high C. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful. And then croak, rivet, frog. <laughs> so we got through it. But um, other than that, it was, it was a wonderful experience. And that just happened to be a friend saying, hey, do you want to direct? Now, I've always had sort of an interest whenever I was in shows. I would sit with my friend Christina, who's an, also an opera singer. But at the time we were in uh, high school doing community theater and I would lean over to her and I say, I bet the director is going to say, walk stage right, pick up this glass, do whatever, blah, blah. And it was almost predictive. And sure enough, that's what would happen. And so I kind of always had it in my blood. I just never thought I would ever do it um, because I've been acting for so many years before that. When you were a choreographer too, right? Yeah, and choreographer meaning musical staging. Let's, let's just say that. Because <laughs> uh, most of the, the students that I worked with, there was maybe a couple, maybe five, who were actual dancers and the rest were musical theater movers. So a lot of choreography had to adapt to what they were doing. And I'm sure Adrian can attest you, you build the choreography based on what's needed, but also what the actor can do, right? So that became sort of my mise-en-scene, right? Choreographing and staging to what you can do or not do. Caden, we see you. <laughs> you can't hide from us. So talking about dancers versus like actors who move, how yeah. would you qualify our three dads? <laughs> is there an, an a third option? <laughs> yeah. Unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> They've definitely gotten to the level of actors who move. Rod, Thank you, Rod. Rod, is, Rod is a dancer, man. When he would do those breakout sessions in Mamma Mia, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? I mean, that was really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the problem is like actually learning choreography. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can understand that. I can understand that when there's a when there's a section of free form. Yeah, free form. I, yeah, I'm, you really excel. Yeah, yeah. We, and Adrian, I think it was last was it last week or the week before. She was like, she was like, yeah, when Ronnie did the 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 dance. What what song was it? Was it Boulevard? Boulevard. Or, or no, no, no. Uh, 
man after man midnight. After midnight. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so she's like, whenever he did, we didn't even know that was there. And I was like, well, what, what opportunity did I have in Sunday in the Park with George and uh, My Fair Lady to show off my freestyle? <laughs> oh, my God. That's a point. That point. could have happened. That could have happened in that act two scene at the party, putting it together. I, I, I missed it. I, missed yeah, I was going to say, or that time when he didn't come in. Oh, we love revisiting that, Rob. Thought <laughs> you might forget about that. Oh no! <laughs> it was covered very well, but I mean, I have great—I had great help. With, you know, the, the, only the most professional people that were that were around me that covered my friend. So that well, was that was a, a year ago. It was a year plus ago. Right, yeah. that that uh, Sondheim show was in Sunday. In um, we did. Yeah, did you remember that? I, tell us I, more I about that show, Dana. I I have seen almost the whole show. Uh, <laughs> almost. <laughs> so, so uh, I forgot now where I was going. Thanks, y- y'all burned the crap out of me. Now. <laughs> yep. Maybe you would have remembered if you'd seen the show. <laughs> So moving along, someone else has a question. Who is that? <laughs> oh, that's, Were you doing that's your you. dissertation then? I'm <laughs> still, no, still. I was, I was about to start my dissertation, and I'm, I've oh. been working on my dissertation since uh, January, and I still haven't been able to get four people on my, <laughs> on my committee to agree on a date so I can defend my first three chapters. That's where we're at for three mo- two months now. I hope you all yeah. are watching. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I realized? That Dana is like paying attention to the points and giving points to anyone else. But like, who's giving them to Dana? when? He's just- <laughs> I haven't had any in this show. Oh, I've given oh, you like three. <laughs> yeah, right. Just saying. That's why we need, that's why we so, need a six party. That'll just be the, the, at the end of every episode, we'll take the score and then just like add five to Dana. Cause we just. <laughs> I see. <laughs> hey, it's your question, Dana. No, it's your question. Oh. Oh, it's your question. Shoot. Uh, really? Freaking Mike Kilgore. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> Mike Kilgore has a question. Does he? Uh, that I have to ask. <laughs> Dana Martin and Rodney Bettis would like to know which diva dad do you think has the most diva qualities? Also, they would like to know and be super honest. What's the chances of us making Broadway? Be super honest. Say on a scale of one to ten. Dana and Rodney. <laughs> well, let's trying to replace Mike for a long time. <laughs> His contract is very binding. <laughs> His agent is relentless. <laughs> I would have to say, without slighting the other two, I would have to say Rodney. <laughs> I, I, I really very, enjoyed. I feel very seen right now. <laughs> oh my very, god! Oh, hold on. <laughs> oh my seen. Right yep. now. I love your props. I love Thank it. You. Wow. I steal them from the theater. <laughs> Some of them come out of my closet, I guess. 
Oh my gosh. Oh, goodness gracious. I have to get rid of that before the cat attacks me. Kitty. I would agree with your answer, Rob. Okay. 110%. We will oh, and uh, what was part two? Uh, do, do, do. Uh, chances of chances making of it making it on Broadway. That was y'all's question. How could you forget it? Shut up, Mike. <laughs> I think that where you are right now, doing the shows that you get to do and building your resume credits and and working with some fantastic people, I think you don't really need to go to Broadway. I think TTC can do that for you. Um, because one of the things that, as Adrian knows, you have to drop everything else that's not theater. So you have to do uh, voice lessons. You have to do dance lessons. You have to. You just have to do more than I'm sure you can because you're doing TTC for the love of it. And not saying that people that do Broadway don't love it. They do, but that's all they do. They focus on that, and they're laser-focused. And I think you're at, a, you're at the right place at the right time. Just keep doing shows well, commit to them fully, and you'll get the same experience. It's just Less happens to be in College Station, you know? Mike, what is this weird smile you have right now? Like, what's going on? Oh, yeah, I, what is that? It was just a lovely way of saying, don't quit your day job. <laughs> Rob just totally. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I didn't want to be that brusque. But... Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was really good. Oh, my God. But, I, you know, I have to say that that's a, that's a great point because I – I have found we've all found community. We've all found theater in the last few years, um, and and it has been absolutely life changing. I actually made a post uh, today on Facebook where, uh, you know, one of the things I learned from you and from Adrian is um, every character when you're on stage you have to make a choice, and yeah. is that choice going to be you know when you're walking point A to point B, why, why, what, what's the point, and. Um, kind of relating that to life, like everything in life is a choice. Even what seems mundane is not. And I yeah. really, really, I don't know what it was today, maybe because I knew that we were going to have you on and two very influential people in my life, Adrian Dobson, Rob Greta, um, are, I was going to get to have in the same moment. Uh, eh. So uh, I was kind of sentimental this morning and, and talking about how those sort you of things. sentimental? Never. I wasn't even drinking. It was morning. So, you know. <laughs> What's wrong but, with that? But, yeah, no, I appreciate everything. Uh, and I know we all do. That uh, both of you do um, and, and have done for us and continue to do. So, Dana, would you like to tell Rob the story of Little Shop of Horrors when there was a line that you had that was meant to be interrupted by someone else? I think it was Marcus. And I asked you, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh-huh. Uh, I was Mushnik, and, okay. which was freaking brilliant. I loved it. I loved playing Mushnik. I didn't even go out for Mushnik, but that's what Adrian saw best, and as always, she knows best. It's a great role. I played it before. Oh, God, I right? loved it. So, uh, 
we won't talk about how my lines depended on Rodney's lines and he never that, nailed them. That's a different scene. Oh, that's we'll a different story. Okay, you went the Marcus one. So I Marcus comes in and he's the guy that comes into the flower shop. It's like, what a strange and interesting plant, you know? And yes. Yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> she, I'm talking, he interrupts me, and Adrian's like, well, what else is there if he doesn't come in on time? What is he saying? Right. And I said, well, there's nothing else there, like, in the script. There's a, it's dot, dot, dot. And she goes, said dot, dot, dot. Yeah. and then she goes, okay, so what else is there? She's trying to coach me and bring that out. And I go, dot, dot, dot. She goes, yes, but Dana. What, what else is, the is there? And I go, just like Mamma Mia, dot, dot, dot. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> and and it still took another minute or two for me to get it. Like, keep talking. Yeah, just but, I, I just, but I totally Mamma mia the dot, 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 because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what she wanted from me. I remember the moment that the light bulb went turned on <laughs> because you were yelling at me. You were like, there's nothing else on the page. <laughs> and I was like, no, Dana, what are you saying? Finish the sentence. Like, finish your sentence. There is nothing. There's no more yeah. sentence. And I was like, Dane. <laughs> and then his face where he was just like, oh. <laughs> he did the same exact thing in Mamma Mia. All the time. <laughs> Yes. Okay, now you, now you can talk bad about Rodney. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the gaffes in um, Sunday, <laughs> the hits kept coming in uh, when he was Oren Scrivello, DDS, and I'm supposed to come in, and I'm back there vaping because, you know, we're modernized. Looks, looks great, you know, scenery. And I'm, yep. like, getting, like, okay, dude, like, I can't keep vaping back here i need to be able to breathe for the song coming up and he just would never say his lines correct i kept waiting and waiting and even madeline and hudson at one point were just like waiting and looking and so i just came through the door i didn't know what else i was supposed to do we're in the middle of a show and he's not giving me my lines but at least i went as opposed to not making it for the scene oh oh you can't blame that whole scene on Rodney, though. Between that, between the two of you, there was a constant like, "Who is what? Who, I don't." I, really I couldn't even hear you, I Dana. Does not care if you're in the back listening to me. I don't care. <laughs> like I get the dot dot dot, Dana. Like I don't even know you're there, and more or less, I don't care if you are there. <laughs> I don't know if I say the words, if I don't say the words. Like, <laughs> Know what you're supposed to do, man. Know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so my assessment of you, Rodney, is correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Yeah. Oh, okay. Your turn, Rodney. Rodney, you're next. Uh, fine. Again, uh, missing your Parker line. Greer. <laughs> Parker Greer, who I'm sure you will see one of these days on some oh. stage or theater or whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? He's, he's magical. He yeah. wants to know what is your all-time favorite music. <coughs> well, I have two. Uh, I mentioned one already. Actually, I mentioned both of them: uh, Guys and Dolls and Avita. Those are my two all-time. I'd love to um, direct Avita someday. <laughs> 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 
So his follow-up would what would be your dream role? Would dream show to direct at TTC or some other theater? He guesses. Um. Well, Bat Boy. <laughs> yeah. There for you. Um, how many years ago did you do Guys and Dolls? Have you done Guys and Dolls? Everything was ten years ago. I guess I can actually look it up. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. It's one that Adrian Rao harasses me about on a regular basis. Well, well, that's why I brought it up yeah. because the episode with her, I thought, oh yeah, she'd be great. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> No, she would be fabulous. She would be fabulous. Yeah. But not as the nun, right? She doesn't want to be. No, not Sarah. She'd be Adelaide. Okay, good. Because yeah. I don't see Adrian around as a nun. Diva. Uh, Diva burn. Would you ever consider directing a show like Starlight Express or Xanadu? <laughs> Xanadu, yes. Xanadu, I would kill for you. Yeah. Oh, so would I. Yeah. I was trying to. Phil, time, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, you did very well. You did very well. You completed your thought. I'm so proud of you. My thoughts are small and insignificant. It was 2009. 2009 is when we did it. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, most of those people are gone. Our Adelaide and um, Nathan Detroit are actually married with a beautiful little boy. Uh, Yeah, they're married and living in Los Angeles. I Masterson was in our um, benefit. He did one of the TTC memories where he was talking about the girl who dislocated her arm in a Christmas carol. Oh. And, and she was playing the ghost of Christmas past and our Mrs. Cratchit had to basically go on for her it, like in a wig with a script. It was. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And then Mandy Walker, who did um, the Sunset Boulevard song towards the end of the show, she was our Sarah. Oh, great. Oh, cool. Beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, I, I really like that show. I think it's one of the um, most well-written as far as dialogue, comedy. I think the setup, I mean, that's a vaudevillian show because I think all of the actors involved were vaudevillian actors, um, especially Nathan. Nathan was right out of vaudeville. It's not my favorite. I've never, and yeah, it's not my favorite. Yeah, what's, what is your favorite? Carousel. I have like <laughs> Carousel can burn. <laughs> oh, it should never happen again. I have like easy favorites. Like cats might be my favorite today. I don't know. Um, Spelling bee is one of my favorite. Chorus line to me is like a perfect musical. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, love Evita. Love. I love so many. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I don't have favorites. I just can't do it. They're all so good. <laughs> well, Alan Bryant has a question for you. It is, what food do you miss most from Texas? Adrian took me to so many taco places. that <laughs> I would have to say tacos, but they were so good i just can't think of where's that one that we would go sometimes after shows mad taco or fuego fuego was oh my god just ate there this weekend (laughs) yeah and i like mad taco because they had vegan options i i really like that one so the first summer rob came down for hello dolly 
I think it was Becky Dixon and Robin had gone to pick him up from the airport in Houston. Right. And they were so excited. They were like, we're going to take you to all these Texas food places. This is our favorite barbecue place. And Rob was like, I'm vegan. (laughs) And crushed their dreams. Everyone was so excited to like, you know, give you all this Texas food. And you were like, yep, can't have any of it. (laughs) No, sorry. (laughs) We got creative though. We got creative. No, very much so, yeah. We went to RX Pizza a lot. Mm, that's Ooh, good. I love that. Yes. Yeah, the Sith, they have the Sith Lord pizza. 100% going on it. <laughs> it is meat, but, you know. You RX, can pick it off. RX um, cocktails are very good. Well, they, I was going to say, like, RX, when everything started getting shut down, like, they were delivering cocktails. So, I mean, everyone's delivering cocktails right now, but they were one of the first ones to be like, Hey, I'll just bring you a martini. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. But can I have it can I have it in a tumbler? <laughs> <laughs> but now like anywhere is like delivering margaritas. Now you can get you can go to the drive thru at my taco and get your margaritas. It's perfect. I love that. It needs to stay. I know. I, I think we should keep it this way. <laughs> Forever. Um, Rob, do you yeah. have any questions for the Diva Dads? Since it's been so long since we've seen you. Well, let's see. What inspired you to start this TTC Diva Dads? Well, <laughs> funny story. We like whiskey. Um, we like each other. After Mama Mia, I mean, something really clicked with us. And um, we were in a couple of shows, I guess, together. <laughs> yes, stroke it. A uh, couple of shows. Why does everything I say sound so terrible? I swear to God. I don't know, Dana. I've always wondered. <laughs> <laughs> um, so over the over over the last year, we just you know we're in a couple shows together too, and always backstage singing and and what cutting up, and we're about yeah. the same age. I know that Mike, you know, while he can grow a bigger beard than me, he's like a decade younger and I don't know what's happening here right now. <laughs> and, uh, we just, I, during quarantine, when it first started happening, I was talking about how I miss, miss those guys. And they were doing a cigar and bourbon kind of, uh, zoom group. And I said, why don't us three just get together and have some whiskey and talk. And we did that first time for like three hours. And then Mike had to leave cause he had to eat cause it was 10 30. And that is about par for every single time since. Um, That was May like 7th or April 29th or something like that. Uh, Actually, it was a couple of weekends of April. Then after two weeks, I said, let's bring in a guest, just us three and a guest. And just we're not recording it or nothing. So I asked Riley, who had just started working for me, who was our Sophie, right? Uh-huh. I said, she's the daughter, we're the dads. And so Riley came in and drank some whiskey and we talked. And then I said, man, what are you doing tonight to Adri- or, yeah, Adrian? Because Sorry, I forgot your name. Um, <laughs> because we were in a, a TTC board subcommittee meeting or something. And I was like, what are you doing tonight? This is what I'm doing. She said, that sounds fun. The very next week, the first episode of Diva Dads happened. And... Because Adrian got a hold of it. But I'm so <laughs> thankful that she got a hold of it because we have talked about some, we've had laughter and, and emotion and, and 
talking about societal issues and and things going on um, with Black Lives Matter and with homosexuality and theater and all these things which are so uh, impacting even not just at the community level but even at at the world level, uh, U.S. level. So um, I'm very thankful that it has happened this way, very organically, if that if it can be called that um it just sort of happened and grew um all because three dudes were cast as the three dads by rob greta and mama mia well thank you rob i've been loving it like i said uh earlier um and you know it's hard when we're you know you were in our lives wherever we are but you all get to stay in the lives of because you are all from the same town but i always think what is everybody doing and then all of a sudden i was bored one night and trolling the internet and i said what is this and and i have loved every episode I've, i've just been really enjoying it and then when adrian asked if i would do it and i said yes 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 so i think it's a great idea and i hope it lasts it's and it's the thing that I like, and even though there's you know some jiving and some some playfulness, there's also some sincerity and positivity that that you bring. So I, I just kind of view it as we've been given an opportunity to have some sort of platform to just talk about things. We can yeah. talk, like you said, just jokingly with each other and jovial, or get serious. And um, you know, I I have a, a love for all the folks that I've been working with at the theater. Uh, it was funny. There, there's a uh, gif, jif, whatever you want to call it, of this this like black guy and this white guy seeing each other in the street and running and embracing. And Dustin, I pinged him and I said, dude, I got to put this in your feed because this is going to be me the first time I see you after quarantine. No lie. Like when we were working on the uh, benefit – I saw him and he was like, ah, and I was like, ah, and we ran and we gave each other a big hug. And it was just, like that sort of community and, and we're social beings as humans. We miss that. And so yeah. if this is just a little sliver of it, I'll take it for now. It'll have to do. But um, being able to to use this as a platform to talk about whatever and have some fun doing it, it's been worthwhile, 100%. Yeah, I think so. And you get to see cats every week, Dana. Look at the boo-boo. Yeah, about that. Oh, and after dark, there's like 30 cats, I swear, at some point. <laughs> so, speaking of after dark, we probably should start transitioning. We need to start transitioning. Rob, are you are you going to turn into a pumpkin if you stay out too late? Oh, God, no. So you want to stay for after dark here in a little bit? Oh, yes. I still have... I have three quarters of a bottle. Oh, yeah. then we're good. <laughs> Fantastic. We're about to get full throttle rub. <laughs> nice. What's uh, next? First, we need to watch the uh, we need to watch the Jennifer Riley mm. uh, fact of the week. So you got that for us, Dana? I do. Here we go. J R F F. Don't say anything. Hey there, Diva Dads. I hope you all are having a very Diva-ish day. Uh, This is Jen Riley here with your fun fact of the week. So as the Diva Dads might remember, during Mamma Mia, I told them that my favorite candy was M&Ms. But do you know what the M and the M stand for? It's not just the Mars Company. It's actually for Forrest Mars and Bruce Murray. 
So Mars had the patent for the candy. Murray had the patent for the chocolate. So they got together and they created the Mars and Murray, which was M&Ms for short. Another fun fact is that M&Ms apparently were first sold only to US soldiers because they were heat resistant and they traveled well over long distances. So a bonus fact, uh, unfortunately, the two had a falling out and Murray agreed to a buyout. So now M&Ms are solely owned by the Mars company. But I didn't actually know what the M&M stood for, but now we all know. Uh, I look forward to seeing y'all soon. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Okay, so M&M's. M&M's. <laughs> you know, uh, so M&M's, I, I could eat my weight in peanut M&M's. Hey, I don't know oh, about y'all. Not at the theater. Not at the theater, you won't. Uh, actually, have you had the dark chocolate peanut M&M's? Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. I can't have They have milk in them. can't have them anymore. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do they make chocolate without milk? What'd you say? Can you make chocolate without milk? Yeah. It's called a cocoa. Yeah. And you can use uh, cacao chips. Mm. That's that like dark stuff, right? Yeah, it's very dark. Oh yeah, like the eighty, eighty-five percent, something crazy. Yeah, eighty and above, actually. Oh, so good. I feel dirty when I eat it, but in a good way. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where he comes from. <sighs> so- I'm gonna have to start getting creative on how to make noises during these segments. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That one was a good one. Okay. Um, I just real quick, I we did have one more question. Um, from our uh, preacher in Mama Mia, Brendan Martin, had Ooh. one more question he threw out there. Uh, as a character actor, is it is there a particular archetype that you most enjoy portraying, or that is especially challenging for you? We talked about this at Carney's. We did talk about this at Carney's. How much beer did he have at Carney's? Does he remember? <laughs> I, I love you, Rob. <laughs> Help me out. Um, Discussion at Carney's was basically like, you know, what's the difference? But or not not necessarily what's the difference, but I think I brought it up that I feel like I am more of a. Like you have those people who are method and they totally like they have to and Adrian was talking about how um, Randy was like this, like he would just get totally into a character and you couldn't like really talk to him at all before shows and stuff like that. And then I was like, uh, I asked, I said, I feel like I'm more of a character actor where, you know, I, I could be I could be this and I could be that. I mean, I've been I've been the bad guy. I've been, you know, I've, well, actually, I've just been the bad guy. <laughs> that should I'm tell you something. I'm casting myself anyway, but I feel like I'm more of a more of a character uh, actor, and so I was asking a little bit about like what your what your feedback on that was. Like, what 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 kind of actors do you prefer working with? Do you like the the method? Do you like the the people who can kind of weave in and out of stuff, or the people who are just who they are all the time? Like, you're just Samuel L. Jackson. Like, Samuel L. Jackson's a great actor, but he's also always Samuel L. Jackson. Like. He can be yeah. Mace Windu or he can be Jules. 
he's always kind of Samuel L. Jackson. He's just, you know. Yeah. And it, it gets to a point where actors ha are have that stardom, that star quality that you can't help it. But um, I prefer someone like, speaking of which, you know, like Tom Hanks, for instance, you know it's Tom Hanks, but he absorbs himself in dialects or losing weight or just his physical appearance. You know, I, I prefer actors like that because that's, that's what I like to think I am. I like to, back when I could do this, I would lose weight and gain weight, grow facial hair. I don't have to shave my head because it's <laughs> natural. <laughs> but when I was younger, I had to shave it, you know, and I would change my appearance to fit the character. And some people used to think that was method and that's not method because I could end rehearsal and go back to being Rob. Not that I was never robbed during rehearsal as an actor, or I'm, I am. It's just when I'm on stage in that character, I'm trying to listen and respond honestly to the other person as the character I'm trying to portray. Method actors, nothing wrong with those that were or are, uh, they work really well for film um, because sometimes uh, scenes are shot out of sequence. Mm -hmm. And so dropping in and out of character is very difficult. Um, and so whenever someone says, oh, you should do Meisner. And I say, only if I'm going into film. Um, because Meisner is excellent for film TV actors. I just don't prefer it for, I, I like the old school and the old notion of, you know, back in the Greek and Roman times, you literally took off the mask and you were the actor. And curtain call for me is the time where I take off the mask and I am Rob, thanking the audience for coming to see me and my castmates. So I don't prefer method at all, actually, for stage. I just don't. Well, what about some of those parts where the where there's like one person who is pretty much on stage the entire time? Like I was watching, um, I was watching. And th th this wasn't necessarily the case with this, but I was watching Kevin Klein in Noel Coward's Present Laughter, which isn't right. a musical, but I was watching that. And, um, you know, like he has to be, he's almost on stage almost the whole time, you mm -hmm. know? And then like, I know that Mark Bendenson is in a play right now, 39 Steps, where he's on stage in almost the entirety of the play. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of wonder if being method would, help a little bit for those types of roles where you're just like where it's you you know you you have to you have to be that person for such a long period of time yeah um except for two times when i played man in chair in drowsy chaperone which i love that show as well um you're on stage the entire time mm -hmm. but i'm also rob the actor so say a prop fell or something happened or somebody skipped a line or whatever, I'm still cognizant of what's happening in the real world. And I feel sometimes Meisner gets people in a haze <laughs> and they forget that they're actually a real person and not just a, a, you know, a stereotype or a caricature. Rodney, your question, because you were talking about certain actors like Samuel L. Jackson is only ever like one type of character and then I started going through 
characters that Samuel L. Jackson would probably not do well. And so <laughs> here's what was going through my head. Um, Samuel L. Jackson as Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> Never. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I would go. It's tradition, mother. No. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson as the wizard in Wicked. Um, that was one of them. Samuel L. Jackson as Hades in Hades Town. That's another one. Yeah. So all I just got so many. Mischief. <laughs> Lola and Pinky Boots. I think fun. I think we would have. We're gonna have a blast talking about all this with Rob in Dad's After Dark. The narrator and in Into the Woods. Yes, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> 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 all right all right guys well rob again thank you so much for joining us tonight it was amazing um and i hope i i know i speak for all of us here we can't wait till you actually come back and we can do this thing live again i would love to i would love to sooner than later um everybody else thank you so much for watching if you get to watch this um if you uh you know had something that was memorable about rob greta and you want to post it on facebook or your instagram Make sure you hashtag TTC Diva Dads. Also, make sure you visit us at TTCDivaDads.com. We have multiple ways you can connect with us via social media, however you choose. And then we just so much thank you so much for watching. You Watch that milk good. off your lip. Catch Mike on TikTok. I'm never going to recover from this financially. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you, Rob. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> yes.